Thank you, Jesus. We're going to look into the word of the Lord tonight from the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 32. I want to I want to I want to talk a little bit more about what we dealt with this morning. Uh, I preached to you today on the subject resting on the words of the king and I want to delve a little bit deeper into that uh, because I I preached the first part of the message but wasn't able to get to the second part of the message and uh, you know sometimes when you have a, a message from the Lord sometimes there's multiple messages and you got to choose one even though they're related and so I want to just take a little moment because we we dealt with some things this morning and I just want to bring some of them to conclusion and uh, and hopefully it'll help us tonight as we look into the word of the Lord. Second Chronicles chapter 32. We're going to begin now at verse 10. The word of the Lord says this, thus, thus saith Sennacherib king of Assyria, whereon do you trust that you abide in the siege in Jerusalem? Doth not Hezekiah persuade you to give over yourselves to die by famine and by thirst? Saying the Lord our God shall deliver us out of the hand of the king of Assyria. Hath not the same Hezekiah taken away his high places and his altars and commanded Judah and Jerusalem saying you shall worship before one altar and burn incense upon it know ye not what I and my fathers have done unto all the people of other lands were the gods of the nations of those lands any ways able to deliver their lands out of mine hand who was there among all the gods of those nations that my fathers utterly destroyed that could deliver his people out of mine hand, that your God should be able to deliver you out of mine hand. Now therefore, let not Hezekiah deceive you, nor persuade you on this manner. Neither yet believe him, for no God of any nation or kingdom was able to deliver his people out of mine hand and out of the hand of my fathers. How much less shall your God deliver you out of mine hand? And his servant spake yet more against the Lord God and against his servant Hezekiah. He wrote also letters to rail on the Lord God of Israel and to speak against him, saying, As the gods of the nations of other lands have not delivered their people out of mine hand, so shall not the God of Hezekiah deliver his people out of mine hand. Then they cried with a loud voice in the Jews' speech, unto the people of Jerusalem that were on the wall to affright them and to trouble them that they might take the city. And they spake against the God of Jerusalem as against the gods of the people of the earth which were, of the, which were the work of the hands of man. And for this cause Hezekiah the king and the prophet Isaiah the son of Amos prayed and cried to heaven and the Lord sent an angel which cut off all the mighty men of valor and the leaders and the captains in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned with shame of face to his own land. And when he was come into the house of his God, they that came forth of his own bowels slew him there with the sword. Thus the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, and from the hand of all other, and guided them on every side oh hallelujah can we just lift up our voices and our hands and our hearts to the lord today hallelujah god we praise you lord i thank you for your precious word 
for it is spirit and life. I thank you that we can rest upon the promises of your holy scriptures. That you give us rest on every side. Lord, that you guide us day and night. I pray, God, that as your word goes forth tonight, that you would help us, help us, help us, oh God, help us. Strengthen us, oh Lord, we pray. Strengthen us, oh Lord, we pray. In the precious name of Jesus. Come on, let's give God praise again for his word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I don't plan to keep you long. Those hopefully aren't famous last words, but I really just want to give to you what I feel the Lord has placed in my heart tonight. We talked this morning about the fact that King Hezekiah was a righteous king of Judah and that he was surrounded on this, which was his first Passover. And that's important that we recognize that all of this took place on Passover. Uh, that's very significant. And we'll get to that in a moment. But King Hezekiah was a righteous king who, who feared the Lord, was known to fear the Lord. He walked in the ways of David, his father, and now is surrounded by a, a vast military might and military presence. They estimate about two million or one and a half to two million soldiers that, that were behind the military uh, captains of Sennacherib. But that's not just including, that's not, ju that's not including the captains and the leaders and the generals and those who were going forth. This army came in bands and the final band was a massive, massive army. And, and in fact, it was the, the, the Jews were completely outnumbered and they, they weren't sure of how in the world they were going to, to survive. And, and Hezekiah cried unto the Lord and the prophet Isaiah with him cried unto the Lord. The prophet Isaiah received a word from the Lord that they would not be successful in overtaking Israel. That they were not going to be able to drive the people of God out of Jerusalem. And so Hezekiah sent forth spokesmen to, to cry against the people of Israel. And just to give you an overview of what we covered this morning, they cried unto them and tried to intimidate them out of the land that God had provided to them. And this is something that we take as a, as a spiritual principle, that the enemy would like to dislodge us from what God has promised us. And he would like to dislodge you from what God has promised you. And God has promised you such wonderful, wonderful things. He has promised so many good things to his people. And we are to lay claim to every one of the promises of God. And I, I think that it is uh, interesting when you, when you look at this, the Bible says that they took refuge in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a, is a picture of the church. In fact, when you see what the Bible calls the new Jerusalem, you see that it has 12 foundations, that it has 12 gates. Upon the gates are written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. And upon the foundation is written the 
names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb of God. And this 12 and 12 is the whole house of Israel. It is those that were biologically connected to Abraham and in and, and, and the nation of Israel. And, and then, of course, we see that that blessing of Abraham extended beyond those who had a bloodline, a natural bloodline, and it is extended beyond to those who get into the bloodline of Jesus Christ. So you see a picture of the church. The Bible actually refers to Jerusalem as the mother of us all. It was, it was in Jerusalem that the early believers were told to go and tarry until they be endued with power from on high. And when that day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And this is this Jerusalem where Hezekiah had, had situated the people. This, this place, of all places, was the promised land, the promised place, the promised city, a city of peace. A place where they could take refuge and shelter and know that everything was going to be all right. And, and, and it just boggled Sennacherib's mind that they would take siege in Jerusalem. I want you to know there is no better place to find refuge than in the church of the living God. Hallelujah. The church must be a place where people can find shelter. It must be a place where people can find shelter. It doesn't need to be a place where hypocrites hide out. It doesn't need to be a place where people spend years but, but have no effect from what is being preached and being taught and being practiced within the church. God forbid that people sit in this place hearing the word of God, singing the songs of Zion only to be unchanged in the way that they live and in the way that they love. It has to be a place where people can take shelter from the storm. A place where people can come in from a lost and a dying world. A place where, 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 where there's a highway called holiness. And people can get up on that highway and walk into the glory of the living God. A place where the ladder that Jacob saw, that that angels ascended and descended upon it. That ladder reaches to the throne of God, but it descends to where Jacob is experiencing his low points in life. And I want you to know that that ladder descends right into this building today. And no matter how low you may be, you can get a hold of a rung on that ladder and you can climb until you reach the power and the presence and the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. We are the blood-washed multitude. We are the general assembly and church of the firstborn. We are the, we are the old ship of Zion. Hallelujah. We're that good old gospel ship. Hallelujah. We, we, really, we really have to be a place where, where people can come in and find merciful people and gracious people and God-fearing people. Hallelujah. We don't claim to be one thing and are actually another thing. Glory to God. This isn't false advertising. This isn't a bait and switch. No, no. This is where the love of God reigns supreme. This is where the truth of God makes people free. 
We have to be the church, the real church, the true church, where people can take refuge. And it may not make sense to the Sennacheribs of the world, to the Rebshakas of the world, his spokesmen. It may not make sense to them why people would find or take refuge in the church. But, but this is where people must be able to take refuge. This is where the blood of Jesus is. This is where the word of God is. This is where the name of Jesus Christ is. In the church. Hallelujah. Don't let anybody push you out. Don't let anybody make you feel like you're unwelcome. Don't let anybody uh, get to you in such a way that, that you develop ought against your brother or your sister and then you no longer have that blessed assurance when you come into the house of the Lord. You need to put those things at the altar and understand that you need to be able to take refuge in this place. There's a reason we call this the sanctuary. It is that because this is where you find safety. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bring a message to you, Lord willing, after the first of the year called, You're Saved, But Are You Safe? A lot of saved people, but, but are you a safe person? That people can come in contact with you and don't have to worry about getting wounded by you. Hallelujah, this has to be a place of shelter, a place of refuge from the storm. And, and they took siege in Jerusalem. And, and, and Sennacherib and Rebshakeh are looking at it saying, why do you think taking refuge there is going to help you any? I don't understand this. But, but Hezekiah had a plan. And the, the Bible said, you know what we talked about it this morning, he had sent, he had sent money to Sennacherib trying to appease him and, and he actually spent all that he had the treasury trying to keep him at bay and push him back but it, it wasn't it wasn't uh, working because Sennacherib just made him greedier and he came in but as he came in Hezekiah did something very important the Bible said he stopped the water supplies so as they encroached upon them they they built things in such a way that the water was cut off and made it complicated for those troops to proceed further because there was no water supply where they were. And troops depend on the natural resources around them in order to proceed with their battle plans. And Hezekiah, knowing this, cut off their water supply. When, when we're talking about the enemy coming against us, we have to be in the business of cutting off the supply of water that we provide to the enemy. And we, we do keep things alive in our life by constantly feeding them, constantly giving resource to them, constantly providing the proverbial water, if you please. We do this by engaging in things that are against us. The Bible said, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. When you engage in fleshly lusts, you're engaging in something that wars against your soul. And you, you are using it to somehow bring some sort of self-satisfaction. And, and it is no satisfaction at all because it wars against your soul. Hezekiah knew Sennacherib is warring against us. We have to cut off the supply. And this is what we have to do in our walk with God. We have to recognize what is our enemy, what is our adversary, what is that thing that comes against us, what are our weaknesses, what is it that's, that's haunting us, that's, that's 
uh, stalking us, lurking around the corner, and we have to cut off the supply that we provide to it. And this is a way that you receive victory. Now, this morning we talked about how, how God kept them, but I didn't, I didn't get to tell you how this thing turned out. And so I want to do that tonight. I want to talk to you about how it turned out and how it can turn out for you. The Bible said that Hezekiah went down to the people and told them not to be afraid, not to be dismayed. He told them to make sure that they were strong, make sure that they were courageous. And the scripture says that they rested upon the king's words. He gave them the enlightenment that there are more with us than there are with them. He said they trust in the arm of flesh. But we trust in the Lord God to help us and to fight for us. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to understand that they were no match for this army. Just like you in yourself are no match against the adversary of your soul. You have to stop believing you can control things. You have to stop believing that you can somehow manage or maneuver, or manufacture a solution, or manipulate a situation. Notice all those things start with man. Maneuver, manipulate, manage. Amen. And, and you, you, can't, you can't manipulate, or maneuver, or manage, or somehow manufacture a solution. That's the flesh of man. That's the arm of flesh. Our trust is not in the flesh of man. Our trust is in the Lord God to help us and to fight our battles. Hallelujah. I said our confidence is in the Lord to fight our battles. When the Lord fights the battle, you know the battle's going to be won. When you fight the battle, you take the battle out of the hands of God. God can't fight battles that you fight. You have to wait on the Lord and be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. You have to wait on direction from the Lord to know when you just do whatever he tells you to do. And it might sound crazy, but do it. If he tells you to walk around the walls of Jericho, walk around the walls of Jericho. You've got to do something, yes, but it's the Lord that's going to fight that battle for you. If he tells you to put a, a, a little fire inside a lamp and go stand on the mountainside and break the pitcher and let the light shine forth and shout to the top of your lungs, go do it. It may seem like it doesn't make any sense, but the Lord always understands why he's commanding us to do a certain thing. When the Lord is fighting the battle, he commands us to do things, and we do them. God operates through our obedience, and he wins us the victory. He, listen to what he told the prophet Elisha one time. The prophet Elisha shared this with the kings of Judah and Israel and Edom. He said to them, that they, they were up against the Moabites. The Moabites were coming against Judah, Israel, and Edom with a ferocity. And, and they didn't know what to do. They went to the prophet Elisha. The prophet Elisha was, was, was providing them direction and guidance. And they were waiting for him to give them some great military strategy. And this is what he said. Dig ditches. Nothing else. Just dig ditches. That, help, that doesn't help us at all. He said dig ditches. But because they had knew, known that he was a prophet of the Lord, they did not question. 
And they went back and they dug ditches. Now their men might have questioned. They might have even questioned. But when the Lord is fighting the battle, he doesn't fight with other people's means or other people's resources. He fights according to his wisdom and his power. And he does things that we cannot see. And so they dug the ditches. And when they dug the ditches, that was all they had to do. The Lord sent water through the night and it didn't rain. Ah, Lord have mercy. Do you hear me? He sent water, but it did not rain. That was important. That was important because had it rained, the Moabites would have made sense of the phenomenon they saw the next morning. They would have looked out on the plains where Israel, Judah, and Edom were encamped, and they would have seen the water shining in the sun, and they would have known it was water if it had rained. But because it did not rain, they didn't know it was water, and they said it must be the blood of the soldiers. They must have all turned on each other, and they said, Moab to the spoil. They put their swords in their sheath, and they went toward where this battle supposedly had taken place, but the Lord had confused the enemy, brought them to their ruin. This is what happens when the Lord fights the battle. You don't have to, you don't have to get stressed out about it. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to stay up late at night wondering and worrying and questioning and fretting. All you got to do is call upon the Lord. He'll hear your cry. He'll give you direction. He'll give you guidance. Hallelujah. And he will come through for you. Oh, hallelujah. It is not the will of God that the saints of the Most High God be downtrodden or downcast. It's not the will of God that the saints of the Most High God feel defeated or feel like there is no hope. We have hope in Jesus Christ. He is the Lord that fights our battles for us. Hallelujah. And so, so it, it, the Bible says that they, they began to rail on the Lord God of Israel. They railed on the Lord God of Israel. They wrote letters railing on the Lord God of Israel. They sent letters out decrying God, likening Him to other gods. We talked this morning about the fact that they brought up statistics and facts and figures and they tried to equate the God of Israel with the gods of other lands. You can't equate the God of Israel with the gods of other lands. One thing they did in these letters that was so interesting, they, they criticized Hezekiah because he broke down altars. That he broke down all of the groves and the images and that made no sense to them. Because in their mind, you needed more gods, not less, if you were going to win a battle. And here Hezekiah is, he's tearing down all these altars, tearing down all these groves. And I'm going to tell you something. In the mind of the world, the truth of God doesn't make any sense to the world. It makes no sense to the carnal mind. Sennacherib said, Hezekiah is foolish and he's deceiving you. He has cut down all your groves, all of your altars, and he's got you worshiping only one God. He thought that was a detriment. That is why Israel won the victory. And this world would look in on the truth of God and say, you're foolish because you believe in repentance. You're foolish because you baptize only in the name of Jesus. You're foolish because you believe you've got to have the Holy Ghost. You're foolish because you live a holy and separated life. You're foolish, you're foolish, you're foolish. I'm going to tell you that's why we have the victory. 
We don't need the other groves. We don't need the other altars. We worship one God and he fights our battle. Hallelujah. Don't let the enemy try to tell you that you are somehow at a disadvantage because you have bought the truth and are selling it not. This is why you are at an advantage. Hallelujah. Here Hezekiah is with the Jews and Isaiah, that old prophet, who's declaring the word of the Lord. Hold fast. Don't, don't be dismayed. Don't be afraid. They're speaking to the people. Don't be afraid. God is with us. He's going to fight our battles. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to make it happen, but he's going to make it happen. You know, the Jews had to say this over and over. The prophets of God that he raised up had to say this over and over. That's what Moses said to them at the Red Sea. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I don't know how he's going to make this happen, but I know God is going to make this happen. Is there a witness in this house of somebody who can testify to the fact that just when you thought all hope and help was lost, God came through in a way you didn't know he could do it. You couldn't have you couldn't have strategized the way God did it. You couldn't have thought through the way God did it. But the Bible said, now unto him that is exceeding abundantly able to do above all we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. You can't, you haven't thought about the ways God can deliver your family. You, 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 you're trying to put pieces together. Well, well, if they move here and if somebody says this and if they go there and then, if, and then maybe they'll be saved. You, you can't even imagine the way God's going to work this thing out on your behalf. Hallelujah. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. God will wow you with the way he will work it out on your behalf. He will show up in ways you can't imagine. He'll give you divine provision when you least expected it. He'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings. Hallelujah. That you cannot contain. I said he'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings you cannot contain. My God. But the the Bible said that the fountains of the deep were broken up and water came up from the ground. He'll bring it from the ground. He'll bring it from the sky. He'll put it in somebody's bosom and they'll give it to you. God's going to bless you and you don't have to know how. All you got to know is he's going to help you and he's going to fight your battle. Thank God. Thank God. Woo, it's amazing to look back on how the Lord did it. The mighty working of his power. He's a wonderful God. Hallelujah. Remember when people used to say, people used to say he works in mysterious ways. His wonders to perform. Woo, I love, you know what? I love watching God work. Hallelujah. I love watching God move the pieces around. I love God 
shutting the doors that need to be shut and opening the doors that need to be open and giving peace to his people while he causes confusion in the enemy's camp. I love how God knows what's best for us and he works it all out after the counsel of his own will and we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. It's important that you remember this happened at Passover. It happened at Passover. You may recall the first Passover. In that first Passover, there was a slain lamb. And this lamb, glory to God, was slain from the foundation of the world. And this little lamb at Moses' Passover was a reflection of that lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world and would be slain at Calvary's cross. And the scripture says the Lord said to slay the lamb and paint the blood over the doorpost of your home. Hallelujah. And when I see the blood, glory to his name. When I see the blood, I will Passover. Oh, glory. Do you know what the scripture said? The scripture said that the angel of death was going to pass through Egypt. The angel of death was going to pass through. That's what I, that was the language of the scriptures. It didn't become a Passover until the blood was applied upon the doorposts of the home. The blood turned the pass through into a Passover. Glory to God. I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, what the blood will do for you and what the blood will do for your family and what the blood will do for your home. And it doesn't matter if it's the death angel or Sennacherib's army. Oh, I feel his presence right now. Or whatever intimidating spirit. When I see the blood, I will pass over. I will pass over you. Glory, 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 glory. But Passover wasn't just a one-time event. It was to be practiced continually. And so it was being practiced in Hezekiah's reign. It was his Passover now. And so Israel is literally participating in the Passover. And here came the enemy to besiege them. In the middle of their Passover. Glory to God. And what did the Lord do? He sent a death angel. Into the camp of the enemy. You've got Hezekiah. Listen, Hezekiah wasn't playing no games. Hezekiah made darts. And they're not the little, you know, things where you throw them into the little cork, what have you. And try to get a hundred. I'm not talking about those kind of darts. These were javelins being thrust by engineered mar- engineering marvels of their day. Hallelujah. He created darts. He created machinery. He created shields in abundance. He rebuilt, fortified the cities. He was ready for this attack, but, but knew regardless of what they'd done, they did everything they could do. They did everything they knew to do. They did everything to show God, look, we're serious. We really want to get the victory over this adversary. But in the end, it didn't matter how many darts, how many shields, how many fortified 
uh, fortresses they had. What mattered was, are they going to trust in the Lord? And I'm going to tell you where the enemy made his mistake. The enemy made his mistake when he started to rail on the Lord God of Israel. The enemy made his mistake when he began to rail on God and to defy God and to try to lower God to the status of the gods of other lands. And when he did, the Lord rose up in a righteous fury and dispatched an angel of death into the enemy's military. And soldiers began to die. We don't even know how they died. They just started dropping dead as the breath went out of their bodies. Sennacherib realized, as Pharaoh realized, I'm dealing with a power that's greater than I. He realized like Nebuchadnezzar realized, I'm dealing with a power that's greater than me. Oh, can I preach to you tonight? These Old Testament figures, they weren't dealing with just routine individuals. They were dealing with the most powerful people of their worlds. They were dealing with Pharaoh of Egypt. They were dealing with Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. They were dealing with Sennacherib of Assyria. And all of them had to bow at the mighty hand of God when they realized that there is a king of all kings and there's a lord of all lords. And I'm telling you, your foe has to bow. Your adversary has to bow. That unclean spirit coming against your family has to bow. Uh, For the Lord is our exceeding great shield and reward. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord is going to walk into the enemy's camp and cause a confusion that you didn't know how to create. He's going to walk into the enemy's camp and turn their devices against them. Oh, he'll do it. He will do it. Now let me tell you something. Hezekiah was not inside Jerusalem sending more money and more water to the armies that were opposing him. He had to cut things off in his life. That's what you have to do. You cannot expect to have the victory over a thing when you're entertained by that thing. You can't expect to have the victory over an enemy when you give that enemy entrance into your heart and into your mind and into your soul. That enemy's going to be nourished by the waterways that you let continue to flow. He's going to be nourished by the tribute you continue to send his way. When Hezekiah realized what he was up against, he cut the money off and he cut the water off. That's what repentance is. Repentance is you saying, no more. I'm not going back there any longer. I'm not practicing that any longer. I'm not smoking that any longer. I'm not putting that into my body any longer. I'm not running with that crowd any longer. Because God's going to give you the victory. God's going to give you the victory. Hallelujah. But, But there are things you need to do. What was Hezekiah doing while the enemy was encompassed, encompassing Jerusalem? He wasn't sitting back sipping lemonade, acting like nothing was wrong. 
Yes, the Lord's going to fight the battle. But Hezekiah was, was completely immersed in praying to God. Crying out to God. Let me tell you what you need to do in the heat of your battle. Cry out to the Lord. Call upon his mighty name. Reach out unto him. Hallelujah. Come on, man of God. Come on, woman of God. Stop acting like this is business as usual. You've got an adversary on the outskirts of your home. You've got an adversary on the outskirts of your marriage. You've got an adversary on the outskirts of your mind. You've got to get a hold of God, friend. You've got to touch the throne of God. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, if you'll repent from your wicked ways and cry unto the Lord, the Lord's going to fight your battles. Yes, he is. And he'll work things out in a way that you could never imagine he could work it out. Hallelujah. He's going to show up. He's going to send a death angel. Do you know the Passover It's not something just supposed to happen one time. It's to be continual. In the Old Testament, it was every year. But today, it's every day. Because the Passover was fulfilled at Calvary. It's not a feast that is kept once a year for observance reasons. It is something that lives within us. Paul said, I die daily. Hallelujah. He was saying every single day, the lamb is going to be slain in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit. Every single day, I'm going to put blood over the doorposts of my home. Every single day, I'm going to exalt Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Every single day that I live, this old flesh is going to be crucified. Every single day that I live, this old man is going to be buried. I'm not going to spend a carnal day here and a carnal day there. Every day, I'm dying. Every day, I'm going down into the grave again. And I'm going to let a new man emerge. A new man that walks in righteousness. I'm going to tell you something. When the Passover is in action through your life, it puts the death angel on your enemies. It sends the death angel out to the foes that surround you. Hallelujah. You got all kinds of unclean spirits that would love to tear you down. You've got all kinds of ungodly imps and minions and demons that would love to tear you down, tear your family down. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you the reason that you feel depressed and discouraged is because there's an unclean spirit whispering in your ear, telling you lies and accusing you. And, and, and that's, that's what it is. Don't be, don't be afraid or surprised by that. Somebody said to me, they said, oh, I feel a bad spirit. And I said, of course you do. Because there are bad spirits everywhere. Everywhere you look, there's going to be a bad spirit. They exist, and they try to tear down the people of God. But they cannot touch those who are sheltered in Jerusalem. They cannot touch those who have the blood painted over the doorposts of their home. They cannot touch those that are dying daily and crucifying the flesh with the affections and lusts thereof. I'm telling you, they can't touch you. 
Hallelujah. You are bought with a price. You've got the blood of the Lamb upon your life. My God, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Hallelujah. Come on, stop being discouraged. Stop being defeated. I don't care what devil's trying to whisper an accusation in your ear. Let God be true. Let God be true. Let God be true. And every man a liar. Come on, somebody. Give God praise for the victory right now. Give God praise for the victory. Hey, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Give him praise for the victory right now. Ah, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, blessed be the name of the Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go ahead and stand with me right now, if you will. Blessed be the name of the Lord our God. The Lord sent a death angel, just like he did in the first Passover. He sent a death angel. Hallelujah. In this Passover, he sent a death angel to wipe out Sennacherib's armies. Once was a great military might. It was reduced to nothing. Because the Lord smote them. Sennacherib, the Bible said, went with shame to the house of his false god. And while he was in the house of his false god, his own sons came in and slew him. Oh, Friend, I'm going to tell you something. Your enemy may be big and bad right now, but it is no match for your consecration to the Lord God. I'm telling you, it's no match. It might have foot soldiers. It might have principalities. It might have powers. It might have stats, facts, figures, and a whole array of people it can point to that it brought down. But nothing is any match for the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Ooh, Jesus, Jesus. Is there somebody that believes it? Is there somebody that believes the word of the Lord? Is there somebody that believes the word of the Lord? Hallelujah. Come on, step up out of that anxiety and trust in the Lord who has given you the victory. Step on up out of that despair and trust in the Lord who has given you the victory. Glory, 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 glory. Come on, somebody, lift your praises to the Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory. I'm going to tell you something. Your adversaries are going to be defeated. But before your adversaries are defeated, your flesh is going to have to be crucified.
Hallelujah. My God, the Holy Ghost is in this house. He's here to replenish. He's here to restore. He's here to refresh. I want somebody right now who's ready to crucify their flesh. I want you to come forward in Jesus' name and say, Lord, I need the victory. And I know the first victory you're going to give me is the victory over my own flesh. Before you drive out the enemy, you're going to help me crucify this flesh. Hallelujah. Come on, I know you want to resist the devil and watch him flee. But before you can resist the devil and he will flee from you, you've got to submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Oh, God. Oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo! Come on, that's it. I lay this flesh down. I lay this flesh down. I lay this old carnal nature down. I trust the power of the world. Woo! Enough to see your Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Beyond the ocean waves When I walk through the rivers I will not be overcome When I walk through the rivers I will not be drowned My God will make a way So yes, Lord. I am yes, Lord. not you make there isn't one that is delayed so I 